0: Bismillah Welcome to the Mo Show Podcast, episode 39. Uh, why are you looking at me like that?
1: <laughs> today, I'm excited. I
0: like it, I like it. Um, today we have uh, Mr. Doug Bernard from Connecticut, United States of America. Doug is a, um, he's a travel blogger and he's been in Saudi for a few weeks. Doug, how's it been going the second time around here in Saudi
1: Arabia? It is, uh, it's going great. Yeah? I, I really love it here. I mean... I just enjoy my time here, and it's it's interesting. It's it's interesting to compare to how it was two years ago. It feels like a short time, but I feel like so much has changed. That was your first time? Yes, right in early 2020, right before everything went crazy. <laughs> yeah, just before that uh, yes. COVID whistle. Um, so before that, were
0: you ever even in the region?
1: I was a little bit. Um, I guess I'd spent... Two nights in Dubai on like a long layover kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Um, That was my only experience in the Gulf and one eight hour layover in Doha when I left the airport for a few hours. But other than that, that was it. That was it. Yeah.
0: Let's get to the chase. What made you become a travel blogger? Man.
1: You know, I always watched the kind of the OG travel YouTubers um for for years and years like uh Mark Weens and um he's good that guy. Yeah, yeah. he's just iconic His his mm, the way when he tries <laughs> yes, stuff, you yes, know, yes. <laughs> his face. Yeah. Um but yeah, I always watched those. I always loved those and I guess I never really even thought about it for a long time growing up because I didn't travel to Uh, Broadly, when I was growing up, I mean, my family and I would usually take trips down to Florida. Um, I'm from northeast from New England um, in the US, Connecticut. And uh, so we would take little trips down to Florida. And I think uh, the first time I went abroad was to the Bahamas, which is, you know, right across from Florida, basically. Uh, So I had never gone anywhere um, very far away or different for me until I was uh studying abroad in my junior year of university and i studied abroad in spain but i somehow convinced my mom uh to go on a trip with me before my semester started to india and that was my first like epiphany moment where it was it was almost like i kind of realized oh my gosh there's actually like a whole world out there and like everything you see it actually like exists all the time out here. And like, you can go there. Like it, it, it was kind of just like amazing. And the older I got, like I started realizing like y- you can just buy a, a ticket and go to these places. It's yeah. something I didn't even really consider. Um, So that was kind of the first time that I had this bug, uh, travel bug. And then I studied abroad. I traveled a bunch independently, mostly in Europe Um during that semester and then after that it was kind of just like okay i i just want to keep doing this um so i finished college and started working full-time in new york city uh but still taking um pretty short trips uh you know to all different places whenever i could um and then that eventually led me to uh coming to saudi arabia actually the first time so just about two years ago And I felt like I was finally at a point where I wanted to start my own YouTube channel. uh, And I decided that Saudi would be a great place to do that. And so I just kind of showed up and went for it.
0: We have 197 countries on this planet. Why did you choose Saudi Arabia? (laughs) Why did you choose Saudi Arabia? I'm super interested. I actually do not know the answer.
1: Well, um, Good choice, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a great choice, yes. (laughs) So how come? So uh I've always been interested, I mean, in this region and Saudi Arabia specifically. Um, because you know, before they they opened up tourism and, and whatnot here, uh, it had, especially in the US, this kind of mysterious vibe around it, and no one really knew what it was like, and you only saw things on the news or like, yeah, basically only on the news about it. And it was like this forbidden place that no one was allowed to go. And then um, they announced at some point, um, that they were going to open up the kingdom for tourism. And so I was immediately just interested in going. I hadn't even thought about, um, YouTube or anything yet, but I was like, well, I, I want to go see it as soon as it opens. And so I remember I would Google all the time for one or two years between we, when they had announced the tourist visa to when they actually like made it available. I would Google all the time Saudi Arabia tourist visa release date or whatever. Uh, And then finally they did it and uh, I just booked like as soon as I could. Um, And the reason so part of it was just this fascination with this region and and this mystery factor of Saudi Arabia. Um, And then part of it was by that point when I was actively planning to come here, I decided I did want to start a YouTube channel. Um, and I figured from a strategic standpoint, coming here uh, and being one of the first um, YouTube people or, or tourists to record their experience and share it, you know, I, maybe I would be one of the first people on YouTube to really offer that perspective and it would give me a little uh, jumpstart. Mm-hmm. So those were kind of the two main uh, reasons and and uh, that's basically how I decided it.
0: Well, you know, someone walking around with a camera or what was formerly a video camera was a no-no as recent as maybe a decade ago. Like you'd get flagged, especially if you were near embassies, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, government buildings, Mm -hmm. you would be stopped and questioned and asked for your permit. What I love about now is how anyone can walk around and film whatever they want, whenever they want with whoever they want. So this is all very new to us, by the way. Uh, it, it, to you, it might look like it's something that's been allowed for, <laughs> for the longest time. Um, so you are one of the, let's say, trailblazers, the fact that you're here in Saudi, you know, showing the world what's really behind the scenes of this mysterious place that you refer to because it was I mean for the longest time we were we were never allowed you know tourists were never allowed
1: here absolutely i was right. in
0: school in england and it took so much to try to get a couple of friends over uh bless uh, um, my, my dad, God rest his soul. Um, he was, you know, he worked in the airline for a good 20 years, 30 years of his life. And God, I don't know what kind of strings he had to pull to, to make it happen, but it was a lot more difficult back then. Really? To get people from, uh, from abroad over here.
1: You basically had to finagle some kind of Business visa. Yeah, situation. do something. Yeah. Like you
0: need to know someone to, right. to be able to pull a string that can that can get uh, a non-Saudi into Saudi.
1: Wow.
0: Uh, even 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 a Brit or or an American. It wasn't it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. And now, how long did it take you to process a visa? Uh, five minutes. It, it took five minutes. Super
1: fast. Yeah, I was uh, shocked. So hopefully
0: um. soon it'll take me five minutes to get the American visa. I mean, if it. Goes- <laughs> <laughs> inshallah yeah
1: inshallah
0: yeah so so that was your big calling, your big break, if you will, coming here to Saudis when you realize you know what this is for me,
1: yeah, I'd say so, I mean, it was just uh amazing, I mean, not only from the um YouTube perspective of you know things kind of clicking and realizing, okay, like this is something I enjoy doing, and i I can do it, but just um the the reception I got here as a, you know, one of the first peep tourists on a tourist visa to come here was, was just amazing and eye-opening for me. And so that itself was also um, pretty affirming yeah. in its own way. Yeah. Amazing. Well, if, to many people, including
0: me, uh, I view it as a dream job. <laughs> me too. If you, I mean, if, if, if you were is, to man. ask a hundred people, Doug, in a room, what is your dream job? I think you'd get seventy plus out of the one hundred that would say travel blogging to get paid to go on vacation. Now I don't think I mean I'm, I'm I think you're 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 pretty much there-ish, <laughs> but soon I mean God just to travel the world and 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 have uh, sponsors you know cover your your expenses or hotels you know comping you to uh, to to come and stay at their hotels so that you can showcase them in the best possible light. Yeah does it feel like work to you? Sorry, this is where I'm going. Does right.
1: it feel like work
0: work to you day in and day out?
1: Um, it definitely does. I want to say, first of all, it, it absolutely is uh, my dream job, and it's um, uh, still mind-blowing to me that I am able to do this. Um, I've only been doing it full-time since January. So about 11 months. That's it? Yes. I, I, full time. I, I felt like you've, you've been in the game for a lot longer than that. <laughs> Honestly. Well,
0: yeah. So awesome.
1: Um, but it's absolutely a dream come true. But mm. um, at the same time, it is definitely work. And I find myself um, a lot of time working uh, a lot harder on, on on this job than I was when I was working full time in a traditional office in New York City. Um, and and part of that, but but at the same time, I'm in, I'm enjoying it a lot more, yeah. a lot more. Um, but part of what makes it interesting is that uh, it's no longer a nine to five. It's no longer okay. Come into the office and do your work, and then you go home and you're off the clock. Um, it's I have more flexibility, but at the same time, that makes it where I always could be working on on something and. So, it's great in the sense that I can wake up on a Monday and say, you know what, today's uh, my weekend or whatever. I can, you know, schedule my days and my hours as I want. But at the same time, then right after that Monday, you know, then that Saturday and Sunday, uh, uh, maybe I'm working all day. Yeah, yeah. So it's flexible. And I like that yeah. at the end of the day, but it's definitely a lot of work. And, but
0: and you're your own boss. It's freedom. It's what yeah. many people strive to have. Definitely.
1: But you got to have, which I'm definitely still working on. You've got to have the discipline to Correct. be your own boss. And force yourself to get dis- it done.
0: If you aren't disciplined with yourself, someone else will be. Right. So that one hit home with me when I read it recently. Absolutely. Um, traveling through Saudi. So you're back for the second time. You went straight to Riyadh and enjoyed the festiv- festivities of the season?
1: Yes. You yes. look like you had a good time there. I had a great time, you know, <laughs> uh, it's amazing to see what they're doing there every odd season. Um, especially cause you know, like, um, like we were talking about, uh, it's, it's just this whole entertainment sector is so new to Saudi. So it's, um, you know, I normally wouldn't make a video about, um, an amusement park, for example, in like America, definitely not because it's, I don't know, there's nothing unique or yeah. interesting about it, but, um, you know, I would normally focus on videos about people and culture and food and, you know, everything that's real travel. But um, here, because it's in Saudi, I feel like it is fascinating um, because it's so new and you're. I'm watching in real time from an outsider's perspective, this country that never had this kind of stuff for the longest time is suddenly doing it and going all out, really, and um, building the... Uh, some of these sites from uh, what was desert 4 months ago to just these in- insane places so it's exciting and i can see it's really cool to see how excited um the you know saudi people are especially young people how excited they are about these kind of things it's it's cool and it's kind of infectious
0: mm-hmm. so yeah family are cool about you being here how did they react when you're like i'm going to saudi
1: well <laughs> they are now um, more than cool and they you know Love all the friends that I've made here and are just uh, actually extremely appreciative of the hospitality and, and, and generosity and kindness that I've been lucky enough to receive here. It's it's actually mind-blowing and, and uh, my family is super grateful for that. Mm-hmm. But the first time I came here, um, my family was definitely uh, hesitant, not so much about Saudi, but um, actually like three weeks before I was going to come here, the US ended up uh, assassinating that Iranian general uh, in Iraq. And as a result, there was a lot of conjecture in the media like, oh, is this going to cause some kind of proxy war or retaliation? And you got the whole Saudi-Iran rivalry. So my parents were very nervous that some kind of conflict could break out between Saudi and Iran or whoever else in the region, just because there was a lot of Tension. uncertainty and tension yeah. yeah in fact my grandfather actually called me a week or so before i was supposed to come and and said uh, like, i really don't think this is a good idea you know i, I will pay you to not go <laughs> he offered to refund me directly for my ticket and anything i booked and i was like okay you know i don't know but Bless i felt really confident yeah absolutely it was all coming from a good place and totally um i felt very confident about it and and um you know, I think it's easy when you're coming from a totally different part of the world to just think, especially when it comes to the Middle East, because people don't really, I don't think the average person differentiates that much between um, the different uh, cultures and countries in the Middle East. So Mm -hmm. it's so easy, I think, as an American, for example, to see um, just headlines and think, wow, that whole region is just like a total mess. Yeah, stay away. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, then you, you start reading about what Saudi actually is. And it's like, no, this is I mean, like an extremely modern society with millions of people living there, going about their daily lives every day. And it's like, oh, of course, it's, it's extremely safe. So I felt really confident about it and I convinced them pretty well. But I remember this image that will always be burned into my mind of uh, my mom was taking me to the airport from my house in Connecticut. And my dad had just said goodbye to me in the driveway uh, and he almost like had tears in his eyes and there's re- like, he's not a guy to normally get, um, emotional like that. Um, so I felt pretty, um, almost guilty in that moment. Yeah. Because I know I was putting him through so much stress, yeah. but sure. I only felt okay about it cause I was so confident that it was going to be fine. Um, and it's funny cause now, uh, a year later, two years later, he's, uh, I think he's, he's, um, His perspective has changed a lot. My whole family is about this region and different places. And their friends and the people that they speak to. Definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. And he was less nervous about me telling him I was going to Iraq than he was with Saudi originally, (laughs) which is insane.
0: So I think with with expectations and, and him seeing that you were okay in Saudi, you Know the Middle East isn't you know so bad after all, so he was Absolutely. probably more at ease hearing you're going to these other neighboring countries. Absolutely. Um, the people talk to me, talk to me about the people. How have you been treated, uh, since you've been here?
1: Well, uh, basically, I can't say enough. Uh, we've been overfed things thing. about them, yes, certainly overfed. Oh, everything uh, is over the top here, and in, in the best way, I mean, just it's just incredible. I mean, I just tell these stories to my parents on the phone that it's. Yeah, you know, I just met this guy, and then he invited me to his house, and we had dinner. and And the second you get there, you're offered coffee and and tea and and dates and all this, and it's just mind blowing. Like yeah. it, it really is. I mean, and it's I, I just think truly like hospitality is just a value that's yeah. built into the culture here. And I mean, it's just not something you would necessarily experience in that same way in America, for example, or the West. I mean, people are. Kind there don't get me wrong they're they're amazing and they're welcoming to foreigners but it's just not this level of like taking care of the guests yeah. is such like an innate value so it's amazing and sometimes it
0: goes over the top the overindulgence and glut overindulgence and, and gluttony <laughs> um, but it, for the most part yes it comes from a great place right
1: sure. yeah it is um yeah it's, it's just, uh, just always too much rice
0: in dishes <laughs> like if four of us are eating in one of those local Mendy houses, which I've know I know you've been to, yep. there's just too much rice. I mean, the there's rice on the table rice. would be for twelve people. We're four. Yeah. So I wish we can just look into reducing. Like if it's four people on the table make it a portion for five, you yeah. know, just in case. <laughs> we'll give the rest a little of bit the of extra, a little, a little overindulgences. I think the only thing that
1: bothers me. Strategic yes. rice allotment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, okay. we can have it
0: breakfast, lunch, dinner. <laughs> Hospitality is uh, truly in the DNA of, uh, I feel, in the Arab region. Something about it. The Middle East, they just love showing you how much they appreciate your presence by feeding you.
1: Yeah, and it's the kind of thing like I almost feel guilty about it in some way. Why um, waistline? <laughs> Luckily, not yet. But <laughs> good, give okay. me your your figure is good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, um,
0: why do you feel guilty?
1: Beca- because I just feel like it for me, like um, you know, I'm not from this culture, and it just feels so over the top. And it's like I haven't um, done anything to deserve this or earn it. It's like I just showed up here, and now you guys are treating me like royalty, basically. And it's it's so kind and generous and um but yeah it's almost like i don't know how to thank them yeah yeah. and i I hope like i've said to and i've made so many great friends here and just throughout my travels and i've asked all of them please come to the u.s so that we can try to give you back somewhat a similar experience Um, Just take them to In-N-Out and give them 10 double-doubles. Exactly.
0: It's the best way you can repay me. (laughs) (laughs) The American Um, way. The American way, the best way. (laughs) Um, Favorite region. So we have 13. Uh, How many have you visited so far? I know you did Riyadh, you did Jeddah. Where else did you go?
1: So I have been to, yeah, Riyadh and Jeddah. uh, And then on this trip, actually, before um, I came to Riyadh and started spending time there with Riyadh season and everything, I... uh, Went to um, Medina briefly, just uh, kind of drove through, but got out and walked around for a couple hours. Took the um, train or drove? Drove. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then take the train next time. It's yeah. A beautiful scenic So train. You can yeah. take
0: the train. An hour and a half from, from Jeddah Airport. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's really nice. High speed train. They just put it together 300 kilometers an hour. Wow. You're there in an hour and 30. Very cool. Yeah. It really I didn't is. even know about that. They just put it together five or six years ago. Amazing. I took my mom in it. She's, you know, uh, just over seventy years old, and she did it with ease. She loved it. She was like, "This is, you know, where where was this a couple years back?" <laughs> Absolutely. But it, it is it is the best way to to get there. It also goes to Mecca. Uh-huh. I wish if the uh, Hadamain high speed rail are listening to me, just extend <laughs> extend the beautiful train service from Medina to Al Ula. It's only two hundred kilometers, but you'll just open a whole new world. Uh, of people who live in Jeddah and Mecca to get to Al-Ula with ease. Yeah, absolutely. I'd go, I'd go every weekend. As opposed oh. to fly because it's 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 a bit of a drive to al It's it's about six or seven hours from Jeddah and the flight is an hour and a half. But I mean You'd always want to avoid a flight,: yeah, and all the hassle on either so, end. You know. especially after hearing your experience uh, coming from Riyadh yesterday to hear. <laughs> you had a bit of a dreadful experience. We won't name the airline unless they really pissed you off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no., it's just being dramatic. It wasn't that bad. But, <laughs> okay. See, it wasn't the most luxurious. but anyway, uh, Medina, Yes, yeah, so we drove through there and we did do the drive to Alula, which I know I, that is a tough one to pronounce. You, but, but you, you got it just right?: Alula, Alula. Yeah, but, yeah, but you don't worked.
0: have to you don't have to say Alula. Al- alula. A- a- al- wow, that was good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Came from here, huh? <laughs> alula has a very nice when 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 Paris Vera who was on the show of course, uh mm-hmm. when when the first time I heard it said in American accent I'm like it's got a very nice ring to it, you know? Alula. It's, alula. it's, it's yeah. You know, if, if it was a if it was a female, she she you know, she'd almost sound like a pretty one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Alula. It sounds like a like a hula, like Hawaii. <laughs>
0: yes.
1: <laughs> It's, it's nice. It's it's gonna. It sounds good in, in English. Like, yeah, it's a cool name. I like it. Yeah. A lot. yeah. So you did that the first time you were here. No, this was actually on this trip.
0: Oh no way. Yeah.
1: So I was actually traveling with a couple British friends for okay. a couple of weeks. Okay. Um. Yeah. So we went at Medina Alola. Then we drove up to um, Tabuk. Tabuk. Yep. And then uh, had a few days uh, and we explored some of the smaller coastal cities along there, including Duba, Al-Waj. Um, Al-Waj is amazing. I, yeah, I think one, for some reason for we list.
0: missed that one. Put it on the list. Okay. Dude, I'll show you some pictures. It's, it's nuts.
1: I've heard that name before. and uh, Yeah, so it's, it's, it's just Red Sea, beautiful. I, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole landscape up there
0: is just oh, insane. It's crazy. So while I show you these pictures, uh, I'll put it up on uh, on the screen. Cool. Because it, um, so whatever you guys are seeing now, mm-hmm. Doug is seeing as well. There's a few pictures, so scroll through it. That's an island off Al-Ura that is, uh, off Al-Wajh, sorry, that is currently being developed uh, by the Ministry of Tourism to, into a resort. Look at that. <laughs> it's like, amazing. Maldives who?
1: Yeah, literally. It's just, and this is the kind of thing that I always say is is just interesting about Saudi is is like no one no one expects this from back home. No, no, no. You show this to them, they'd be yeah. like, "Oh, that's the yeah. you know the Maldives." Maldives, or, or exactly. Seychelles. Yeah, it's, it's just for
0: sure. Look at that, untouched, unbelievable. I mean, the mean, we, we weren't allowed to go on those islands. We did about forty minutes there, mm-hmm. and uh, and we were like, "All right, let's call it a day," <laughs> because they were like getting ready to uh, to develop it. Okay. Um, but it just blew me away. And this is about a four hour drive from Jeddah. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, so you did a bit of, you did a bit of traveling, Tabuk, and then,
1: and then back down to Jeddah. Um, <clears throat> yes, then back down to Jeddah and uh, basically straight over to Riyadh.
0: Anything bother you? Any negatives in your travels? Be honest. This is a podcast about honesty. <laughs> um besides maybe the reckless driving
1: <laughs> no i've been to india it's fine okay <laughs> um, no further questions <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh i would say if i was really nitpicking because honestly um there's really nothing major that comes to my mind i mean i truly enjoy it here but i would say um the walkability you know as of someone who's a borderline new yorker real new yorkers wouldn't consider me a new yorker but i you know like to think i'm somewhat close Tri- to tri-state one. yeah exactly you know every you walk everywhere in new york it's totally walkable and and it's just you know i would um think to get around any other way unless it was really far um so here sometimes i like i'll see a place i need to get to but it's across this massive freeway and i'm like oh it's so close but i'm gonna order <laughs> an uber <laughs> yeah so that would be the one little thing i could think yeah
0: of. risk my life or order an uber i know yeah. what you're talking yeah. about <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So
1: yeah. just really want that Al <laughs> yes. Might be worth it. Yeah, but you yep, have good taste.
0: <laughs> Your content, editing and creating and the challenges in being a blogger, is that something you enjoy doing or is it more tedious? How do you look at that the stuff that we don't see?
1: Sure. Well well, I I definitely um enjoy it overall there's parts of the process that i enjoy more than others um i for example like the editing process not to get too detailed but the way i typically do it is i'll just film a ton of stuff and then i sit down i throw all the clips in and i just go through and sometimes i've filmed like a 3 minute clip for example and i use like 4 seconds of it but when you're sitting through and you have to like just watch back all of the useless blank space it just takes long to. I don't I don't love that first part where you have to go through and like manually cut and put everything together but I love when it's really starting to come together as a as a you start seeing the vision I get like so excited and it's like an adrenaline rush and you put the music and like that moment just hits and you're like oh that's cool yeah yeah seeing it come together yeah so I love it and um overall I can't really complain about it it's 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 great (laughs) do you do it yourself you edit Yes, I'm actually just starting to work um, on a partial basis with an editor, mainly to take care of that initial um, storyline layout, and then I take most of the polishing and the tweaks and stuff. But um, to date, I've never put out a video that I haven't fully edited myself. So, so far, everything is 100% me. Mm -hmm.
0: You translate your content as well. I do the same.
1: Yes, yeah, and I think it's... um, Usually I like that touch. You've probably seen the same. It's. I think it's. It's like a must-have almost for sure. Yeah. De- definitely. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I remember my
0: first couple of episodes. In if I'm late with my translation by a couple of hours, uh, I get comments. Oh, you me know, too. Where is the Arabic? How dare you? <laughs> it's coming. I call my editor. These guys are going crazy. You've
1: got to help me out, man.
0: <laughs> yes. <clears throat> what was the best moment ever? um in 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 your travels was there a moment where you were like god i love doing what i'm doing this is the best moment of my life
1: well i'll say in a general sense the this isn't a moment although i have a few to to share but um in a general sense i just think the best and coolest part of this that i didn't even really think about when i first started this whole thing was like I've only been traveling full time for a year and I have really like genuinely good friends from like a lot of different places in the world now. I mean, Iraq, Sudan, Azerbaijan, like um, Serbia, just places and and they're real friendships, not just like, oh, cool. How that was fun. See you never again. Like, is are people that I I think I'm going to stay in touch with probably for the rest of my life and and like that I truly like and care about and i just think that is so like incredible that i'm going to have friends from all over the world and so that's like the best thing i think that i've taken away from this whole thing is is that all um,
0: all because you chose to travel it's so important
1: yeah and just yeah making the decision to go there is has, has given
0: me a lot but doug i mean imagine doug that would have never left connecticut and, 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 and how your outlook on life and the world would have been compared to now and how tolerant you are and open and inclusive and so much. I mean, I, would, I honestly think that your patience, first thing, patience. When you travel, you get to understand cultures and you just become more patient. And if that's the only trait we get in life is more patience, <laughs> then you win. But can you imagine how much more things you're saying, like networking, the people you've met, the stories you've heard, the friends you've made. Oh, yeah. You just can't lose when you travel and understand cultures and make relationships and meet oh,
1: people. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And it, it's just, yeah, it's like, it's real world lessons and, and yeah, appreciation for things that I just never even thought about. And, um yeah, so all of that has been invaluable. But the, the thing I'm like most, that that is just the best part of this experience for me is like that the people that i've met and just knowing the relationships that i've formed is just really really um like i'm really grateful for it but best moments i'm trying to think of like you said this moment where you're just like oh my god i can't believe i'm here right now the one that comes to mind where i i remember like thinking as it was happening like i think i'm experiencing euphoria which i never really felt like i was just laughing and like Oh my gosh! (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) was um, I was in Egypt and I was in the Sinai Peninsula, uh, and I have a video about it. We hiked up um, Mount Sinai, Mount Musa, which I know there's controversy. Some people say the real one is in Saudi. I don't know, but what they um, let's move on swiftly. Exactly, (laughs) (laughs) let the battle in the comments begin. (laughs) No, but um, yeah. So I was hiking up Mount Musa. Mount Sinai. And uh, it was just so um, kind of like impromptu. Like I had a, I, I think it was someone uh, from YouTube or Instagram, a friend, uh, you know, on internet friend mm. said, hey, I know a guide um, who's done this, doesn't really speak much English, but he can take you up. And so I met up with the guy. It was like one thirty in the morning, because you hike up to get there for sunset, I mean for sunrise. Uh, so you're hiking basically all night. Um, I met this guy, and he spoke closer to zero English. So it was just that whole like, all right, we're in this together. We really can't talk to each other, but you're doing the whole um, hand sign language, language. yeah. <laughs> um, and we just started hiking, and he really went fast. Like he must, he, he basically ran up the mountains. So I was dying, <laughs> but um, <laughs> we get up there. It's pitch black, and it takes. I think like four hours to hike up. Um, but it was just, I mean, the setting was just insane. You're just looking up and you can like see the Milky Way and just the, you know, it's just pitch darkness and you're just looking up at the stars. It's just incredible. And then I get up, we get up there and you're stopping at little huts along the way every, you know, half hour or so. They sell you tea and the, you know, stuff like that. Um, and, you know, we just get up to the top, and because we basically ran up the side of the mountain, we made it up there with a lot of time to spare, so um, we end up going in this hut, and there's just this one old man sitting there, uh and he said he lives up there for i wanna say he like uh it was something like thirty days at a time, and then he goes down, but he lives up at the summit and runs this tiny little shop, and it almost reminded me of um like a himalaya vibe like there were flags everywhere and it was just so dark and like cozy and i was just sitting in there and drinking coffee and it was just it was freezing cold i was all bundled up and i don't know i just it sounds so cliche but you just feel really alive in that moment you're just like where the heck am i like how am i doing this right now and just this man sitting here talking to him and just It's hard to describe, but I tried to capture it in the video. But it's one of those things you really can't capture because you've probably
0: never had a moment like that.
1: No, absolutely not. Yeah, surreal. Yeah, and then the sun comes up and it's beautiful, of course, and and it's just, and you're almost like a little delirious because it's so, um, you know, you stay up all night, so it's just like, Mm. and I just remember being up there and like, I just like was it was just like a rush. Yeah, nature, man, it does things to the soul. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And and a lot of the, feel like a lot of the travel I've been doing is is mm, city focused, so mm-hmm. that is yeah, it's just especially when totally. you have those moments out there is amazing. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Yeah. I mean whenever I want to reset or reboot, it's uh just an hour and a half, 2 hours to Tyf, top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, a bit of stars, fresh air can can do for you a nice hike. Absolutely. Um is uh is 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 Good for the soul. It's healthy. Favorite country, not named Saudi Arabia.
1: <laughs> okay, so I've had to think about this one a lot in the past, but not named Saudi Arabia. I like how you phrase the question.
0: No, because I know what your second favorite country is after the U.S. <laughs> so we're gonna take the U.S. and Saudi out of this. Okay, ballot. <laughs>
1: um, so I think. um I kind of have to break it up. Uh, the most fulfilling, like all-around travel experience where I've just like this was one of the most incredible experiences of my life was visiting Iraq, um, which, wow. yeah, and it was pretty recent. it was in August, actually, which turns out was a terrible time to visit because it's insanely hot, yeah.
0: but um they get about yeah.
1: 50 degree Fahrenheit,
0: maybe 120, fer- 120 Fahrenheit, 50 Celsius. Yeah,
1: ex- yeah, it did hit that one day. <laughs> God. Damn. I remember thinking, like, I've never even, like, fathomed that heat like this really exists on yeah. this planet. Like, I, this is, like, incomprehensible. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not built for that kind of heat <laughs> no. uh, genetically. You probably haven't all. seen a
0: day over over 89
1: in no. Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah um, but, but besides the heat, um, it kind of was just... Um, in the same sense, a little bit that, um, like I was saying earlier about Saudi and why I wanted to come here was this mystery. And it's in a different way because it's just been, um, unfortunately, this war-torn country for the past 20 years. Yeah. And especially because of America's involvement in it, you're just it's all over the media and um, all you see is negative. Mm-hmm. Um, so going there just in and of itself was fascinating for me to be like, I'm in Baghdad. That's insane. That's something I never thought I would say. Um this gangster. <laughs> uh yeah, and, and I'm personally also really I I I I'm fascinated by and, and love current events and and um I don't know, that kind studying that kind of stuff and reading um about you know, this region and things that are happening here. So it was it like really checked all the boxes for me. And then on top of that, the people Um, really in a similar way to Saudi. We're just, like you said, it's the whole Arab uh, region. Hospitality, top notch. Hospitality was incredible. And I just felt like it made it that much more impressive because of everything that that country has been through and those people. And then to me as an American, which my country in a lot of ways did that to that country. And Oh I I see I see yeah
0: uh, I see your position.
1: The fact that I was still welcomed in such an wow. yeah and uh it tells incredible. you a lot about them. Exactly. It's just like it speaks to the yeah the, the people there it's amazing and and uh um, they jump off the page by the way
0: if you put all the arabs like in a rank uh hospitality cuisine warm-heartedness they they are they are at the top the very top of the list. Really. The That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah well that was certainly my experience what about walking around day to day what was life like there um it's a lot more normal than you would expect honestly i'm um, asking you as an american i've never been there yeah yeah i mean i don't know uh it was it it basically felt um like any other um well not any other like i wouldn't say that. there are a lot of differences for sure but mm. it felt like an uh city in an arab country and talking baghdad um but with a lot more um uh Humvees and men with guns and blast walls. But there was never anything, any kind of action that I experienced there. So the, visibly, it, it looked a little bit different. But besides that stuff, it felt very much like a, a real Arab uh, city with, you know, tea shops and shisha and people walking around and nice parts and and uh, older parts. And so it was it was really cool.
0: So you felt safe as you were in Saudi? Like no no issues?
1: I wouldn't say Um, as safe as Saudi but um, I personally and I want to always give a disclaimer when I talk about this but um, if you feel comfortable yeah yeah I personally felt safe I was with the guide the whole time who took great care of us and made sure paperwork and checkpoints and everything went smoothly Um, so I'm not saying it's always a safe place I mean nowhere is always safe but um, I personally never felt deeply uncomfortable there yeah (sighs) Yeah, which is amazing. And my reaction
0: is the way your parents probably reacted when you told them Saudi is so safe, mom and dad. <laughs> and, and when I hear you say that, I'm like, oh, of course it's safe. I, I mean, know. what do you think? And here I am reacting to you telling me Iraq is safe. And I'm like, wow, you know, because uh, I... I have the news channel on, you know, a couple of days a week. I, I I hear stories. I read. Uh,
1: well, yeah, and and that's the thing. That's why I don't want to say, oh, it's a hundred percent safe. Everyone go to Iraq. Like there are, first of all, like I wouldn't recommend anyone, like from the U.S., for example, like oh, you know, you've never really traveled to this part of the world before. Oh, go go for it. Go there. Like, yeah. I mean, you, there's things that would make a lot of people uncomfortable. Like there are a lot of checkpoints. There's a lot of guys with guns around. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of like visible stuff that would make someone potentially really nervous for sure it's it's snow, florida keys no and things do happen there i mean uh like a month i forget exactly but a few months before i was there like there was a massive um bombing unfortunately and i think a bunch of people died and so it i mean it happens but it's not not like an everyday thing at this point which is thank god but um you know, things can happen anywhere, and that was part of my rationale. And, you know, it's, um, for me, just personally, the benefit of visiting that place, you know, there's always going to be a risk, and I thought the the upside outweighed the the risk for there. So mm-hmm. that was why. Amazing far. that you did
0: a really, really, like, if you, I would be interested to know what other countries you have in your pipeline after that. <laughs> so maybe you can give us a scoop uh, later on. Uh, Do you count how many countries you've visited? Do you have like a tally of your coverage?
1: Yeah, I do. I actually have an app on my phone that I mark off um, mainly for my kind of visual, like, just to look at it and like, that's pretty cool. But um, what are you at? What's the number? It's around 40, I think.
0: 40. In my mind, I was 25. I was thinking 25. 40. <laughs> well done. That's a lot.
1: Yeah, it's, and it's, it is a lot. And it's, I'm super lucky to have done that. Nice. At, um, especially young age. And, and um, yeah, I mean, some, the thing, the thing that I used to do, especially when I was working full time in New York was I would take a trip. So maybe I have a week off from work or i taken, you know, um, time off from work and I would go um, and I would try to make like semi long layovers on either end of the trip. So I would go, like I did it to Thailand, for example, flew to Thailand, but on either end of the trip, we had like a, 14 hour layover in Shanghai, China. God. So then I go out of the airport and I made it so it's like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. or whatever. So you get a full day on either end and you, you know, it's, an, it's not a, like a, certainly haven't seen China or done China at that point, but you get a taste and I count it. I, I don't count if I have only a layover in the, in the airport in a country without leaving. But yeah, you went out, you ate, you and sometimes it's overnight. So yeah. that's, that's how that, I've been able to add some to the that list. Counts. Yeah. Yeah but got to um, have a meal you got to exit the airport yeah. and have a meal exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's the way i've been able to i mean there's a pretty large handful of the 40 that are like that so that i've been able to tack on to mm-hmm. um trips to elsewhere would so, you want to go back to china
0: and really experience it like shanghai um guangzhou they've got some cities there yeah Fair i 100% options. would love to go back yeah yeah they are like of just seeing some images of their cities you can understand
1: why they are
0: a world superpower oh yeah
1: you know and they were built
0: in what like overnight basically in they, a lot of were.
1: in a lot of cases
0: saw so a picture of shanghai in 2000 and 2020 yeah i mean it was like dubai you know insane. there was nothing there and now there's you know 40 120 Everything. floor skyscrapers Yeah, insane it
1: it really is and the thing that 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 i think is crazy about china is not only that whole phenomenon, but it's such a big and populous country. Like, there are cities there that we've probably never heard of that have millions of people living in them, like tens of millions sometimes. Yeah. And it's like, that's insane. That's yeah. like having a New York sized city you've never, that you've never heard of. Like, that's just crazy. <laughs> yes. so, I, I just, saw a Top
0: Gear episode. I mean, you just reminded me of something. And Jeremy Clarkson was like, We're in this city. Ever heard of it? And I'm like, No. And he's like, It has 20 million people here. <laughs> yeah. In my mind, I'm like, That's the number of Saudis there are. <laughs> <Yeah. It's laughs> With like, a how, billion.
1: How is this? How, yeah.
0: How is it? How have I not heard? Yeah. With a billion people, I mean, you are going to there are going to be some cities where that you haven't heard. of.
1: Yeah. And, and it's just crazy to think that like there are people living there, but millions that their whole life exists in this city. And I, I think this about the whole world basically that like you've never heard of and yeah. their whole life, everything they know is in this place that you've never even thought about Hard of. And that's another cool thing about travel in general yeah. is just that whole thing. But
0: the amount of uh, roads, freeways, bridges that they are building every year, the stat was crazy. If I had a um if I had a Jamie equivalent over here as to what Rogan has, I would have had and Google it right now. <laughs> but the number of thousands of miles of freeways that they built per year, mm-hmm. Doug, it was like, if I'm not mistaken, it was about a hundred thousand per year. It was crazy bridges that are a hundred, 150 story bridges between like valleys. Yeah. I never knew they had the infrastructure down like that. It's- Yeah, and it's like clockwork. I've heard them- It's like- Building buildings. Like a building was built in a month. Like yeah. 20, 30 story buildings was built in a month. They, they they, did it during the Olympics. It's it's like they make it out of Legos. I don't know what they do. It's, it's, if anyone's gonna do it, it's gonna be the Chinese. You know, they really are something.
1: Yeah, they really just know how to- Okay, we're going to do this, and then they just get it done again. No delays or anything like that. <laughs> it's unreal.
0: Yeah. Um, what's something we don't know about you? What's your darkest secret? Oh, no, God. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I went thriller. Is, is there something? I mean, we, we, we love the person you are on, on your content. You're this happy, Thank really you. go lucky person. It brightens up my day, and I'm sure many other people's. But is there something that uh, you can share with us that perhaps we don't know about you? Do you have a dark side? Well,
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, this wasn't. This, this I'm, I'm glad
0: a, you a get my humor. Thing. Thank thank God. <laughs> or this would have been a much
1: shorter podcast. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> um. Well, two things I can think of from my life before YouTube, we'll call it. <laughs> uh, one is. Um, I actually really like, um, well, I really enjoy performing uh, specifically theater and singing. I was a singer a lot of uh, growing up in musical theater and then acapella in college. Wow. So I have that whole thing that was a big, big part of my life for a while. Um, and now I think I probably kind of scratched that itch to have some kind of creative outlet with the vlogging and YouTube stuff that I do but um that was something and then um the other thing is uh that i that comes to mind is um what i studied in co- in college and university which was um hospitality so i studied uh the official name of the degree was uh hotel administration I have a bachelor of science in hotel administration i didn't even know such a degree was offered in such a field yeah i know a That's lot of people cool. don't wow. and uh we used to get made fun of uh at, uh, my, uh, university for being, uh, you know, taking classes in napkin folding 101 and stuff, <laughs> mostly by the engineers and the ones that were really hardcore, but, uh, yeah, so I had to take, uh, cooking classes and full chef gear, wow. and, um, and, and, and classes about the hotel industry. Um, uh, and I even interned at a fancy New York, uh, midtown, uh, restaurant one summer, um. With, you know, all the rich and famous clientele coming through and the chef was like a real Gordon Ramsay esque figure, like a real uh, tough guy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. To put it nicely, yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, it was was, uh, an interesting experience. I do feel like I've taken a little bit of the hospitality background into what I do now because, you know, travel, tourism, it's all Mm -hmm. kind of part of that whole world. Um, but yeah, that was my uh, focus in life
0: for a while. I think everyone at some point or another should be in the shoes of a waiter slash hotel staff. 100%. You know, 100%. Because these guys bust their ass when they're trying to serve us. And I just I just think it's nice to know what you're asking of that person and you won't know what you're asking of that person unless you were in their shoes. Absolutely. You tell a lot about a person by how they treat a waiter. Absolutely. For me, if you're rude to a
1: waiter, I'm probably not going to. It's you know, game uh, yeah it's done, <laughs> um, yeah it it teaches you a ton I think and uh yeah it, one of the hardest jobs ever that I have come to appreciate um is housekeepers, uh it's one of the most physically demanding jobs like if you actually look at the statistics and in workplace injuries and I hope I'm not um uh, misstating any of this but I remember from when I was in university it's one of the most uh like physically taxing jobs. Anywhere, because they're, they're up and down all day and lifting and bending over and and um, we, you know so they put us through the, the whole practicum when we were in school doing those kind of jobs and it's I mean you just gain a whole new level of appreciation for that and waiters and anyone who's in the service service industry industry yeah, yeah. I mean it's I agree with you hundred you don't know what it's like
0: unless you walk them out in their shoes absolutely and if you're privileged you'll you'll never know and that's really proof that life is just not fair. Mm-hmm. In some degree, I hate it how money rules the world yeah it's something that I, that actually I think about it a lot. If it wasn't for money, imagine if we 're all equal <laughs> like and and many of these famous gurus say that th- there is a way for everyone to be rich and to have zero poverty and zero world hunger mm. the The smartest guys in the world have said there is a way to do that really like like it it's mechanically or physically or financially, it, yeah. it will work. A society where everyone is as rich as the other, it can work. Interesting. I'll, I'll, I wanna look more into that, but yeah. um, it was said by, by Naval, who anything he says, I take to the bank. He's like, we can live in a society where there is no poverty. I think that was a line, no, no poverty, maybe not necessarily all on the same level, that okay. where there is no world hunger, where there is no poverty, um,
1: where everyone is comfortable. And um I believe that for sure. I mean I mean they try to assign like a numerical figure to it, like, oh Jeff Bezos could end hunger tomorrow if he wanted to just give X billion uh, you know, dollars to to this and it doesn't happen, but Yeah, it's yeah, it's, yeah, yeah it's, recently. It's, mm-hmm. And with COVID, like the rich got richer. Oh
0: god. Did Bezos get to two hundred bill and Musk just overtook him recently? I think so. Um it's 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 now at a point where 99% of global wealth is in the pockets of the 1%. Yeah. Talk about a disparity.
1: It's that's another thing i think that um oh my god that i've come to appreciate from travel is just i mean understanding not understanding but seeking to begin to understand like um the disparities in wealth and just everything in the world, I mean, because you come from the U.S., which like, yeah, we have major wealth disparity, big problem, but I mean, things are still pretty good for most people yeah, there. I yeah. mean, really good. If you're good at something, you'll be rewarded. Right, and there is a- Sports, I love path. this sports
0: culture in the U.S. Yeah. If you bust your backside, you will get paid top dollars. Yeah. I just, I'm big, I'm big on the NBA and, and, you know, also a bit of NFL, I'll go to any live sports. What was your NFL no. team? It used to be San Diego. Okay. I thought um, you were gonna say Patriots because you're a Celtics fan. Yeah, but 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 it is, I'm sorry.
1: Oh. <laughs> School in Boston, New Hampshire. You're killing me, man.
0: At a time when Brady are you the Jets or the Giants? Giants, Giants. Uh, I mean, you're all so close to New England.
1: I know. God. My my parents grew up on Long Island. So my dad still says rabbit giants. Yeah. Fans. Is, are there
0: any Jets fans
1: out there? Um yeah. <laughs> The
0: unlucky ones. I've been to uh, the Giants stadium for a game a few years ago. Yeah. It's just amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. fun place. Nothing like an NFL game.
1: I, uh, I used to go to a lot of uh, NFL games back in the day. And it's, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's just amazing. It's biggest sport in the US, isn't it? Uh, I think so. Yeah.
0: I mean, 17 games in a season, 16 games.
1: It was 16 and they added a 17. They added year. a 17. Actually, your guy Tom Brady is very um, annoyed about it. <laughs> But, you know, it's all... Well, he's approaching he 42 years old. Something, something 41, crazy like 42. that. He said he wants to play till 50. Oh,
0: <laughs> my God. He won in Tampa Bay. Isn't that... That's
1: yeah. something. Unreal. The guy he is got, insane. I mean... Goat. Yeah. He is. He is. I can say that. We have, you know, you know... We have our history as Giants fans with, with uh, Brady, but he's definitely the GOAT. Yeah. <laughs> Can't deny yeah. that. He's something.
0: Yeah. Uh, with your, like roaming around and visiting new countries and and editing and filming is it stressful
1: yeah i think it can definitely get stressful i mean i'm definitely not uh like a one of those zen people who has you know their mindset totally balanced and is like super productive and, and just has it all like figured out i i easily get overwhelmed about certain things and um and I think it's easy to, especially when it's so easy doing. And you probably know, like from um, doing the show, it's so easy to work so hard on something and you put out a product that, you, or, you know, a video or whatever you're making that's you're so proud of. And then it all comes down to the numbers. That's like your real, um, a, at least immediate feedback. And it's I think that can be really stressful if, if you if you that's really your only um, kind of measure uh, measure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And it doesn't go the way you're expecting or you start to see a downtrend or something. And, you know, these are little things to complain about, but it definitely adds, it definitely stresses me out at times. Very valid point of stress, for sure. It's interesting, actually, like I was talking before about a coolest moment, best moment uh, about climbing the mountain in Egypt. And I loved that video. I worked so hard on it. And I just thought it was like one of the best things I'd made. It just didn't do that well. And I was like, man. And then I went to, Get a haircut in Iraq, and just like filmed it and put it on YouTube, and boom, that hits. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's just funny, but people want what they want. Wow, it's it's always just when kinda... you
0: think you have your audience figured out, right? <laughs> I've, I've, I've actually had a bit of experience with that. Episodes that I thought would kill mm-hmm. weren't as as much, mm-hmm. and episodes that I wasn't happy with went through the roof. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's yeah. You just you can never monitor your audience and.
1: And, Back and who knows stress. what's going to just, um, you know, external factors that, that might hit or like, you know, something's in the news that week and then something that you've made becomes really relevant. So things, but yeah, it, it can be stressful. well with the punches. Mm-hmm.
0: There is a question that I love that Tim Ferriss asks his guest. And um, maybe one day, Tim, you, you would hear this podcast <laughs> as if. Uh, and he asks, if you can put something on a billboard for 24 hours for the world to see, just for 24 hours, a message, what would that sentence or message be? Oh, man. Pretty cool, huh? To have the attention of the world for 24 hours. Yeah, seriously. It's a tough question, I know, I know. it's
1: a tough question. Probably um, like and subscribe. <laughs> 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 just picture, kidding just kidding of you <laughs> great one right, um next one no 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 <laughs> i can't leave it at that um oh man i don't know um well if i think about like what my goal is with what i'm doing and i think about it would have to be something about what i'm doing right now because it's kind of become my whole life at this point uh is this traveling and making this content and that It would probably just be some kind of message about um, just encouraging people to be more um, spontaneous with the travel side of their lives. And just, you know, if you're on the fence about going to a place, just go and just do it and experience it. Because I don't think I think it's rare that you regret taking a kind of decision like that, as long as it's not insanely risky, something that's just um, silly, but. Yeah, some something like that, just telling people to explore yeah. and meet people that you that that you don't understand or that you feel uncomfortable about. I mean, like. Even for me, I'm a pretty open minded person, but I remember the first time I came to this region, which was in the Dubai um, for a short layover, like what I was talking about before. And um, I remember like I walked out of the plane and I got to the passport control and it's just all these men in their white um uniforms yeah. which and it's not though there, right tobe, it's the same thing kandora okay here yeah. it's tobe, Yeah, and the even the shema is white no, I, and just it was just it was just like intimidating i was like whoa like this you know you see this outfit on the news and stuff and then you're just like okay i'm here uh and it but but to like have those kind of experiences where you're like a little bit like whoa like what am i doing and then you get there and then you realize oh these people are also amazing and like now my friends I don't know that was a really long-winded answer but no I love it (laughs) something about getting out there and and meeting people like that
0: Doug one of the things people realize when they come to Saudi uh, non-Saudis obviously is uh, how powerful and effective social media is in this country like the literacy of us Saudis with social media? Is it something you picked up on and perhaps capitalized on
1: that people are so social media savvy here? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it's something I definitely didn't expect. And it's funny um, because uh, this whole phenomenon was one of the biggest uh, surprises of my first trip here. Um, So the first time I came here, I came Totally alone, knowing not a single person in the entire kingdom. Uh, and on my first full day, I think, in Riyadh, I was walking around. as my second day ever vlogging. So it was just feeling nervous, holding camera, facing myself, walking around. And I went to Suk al-Zal near the Masmak Fort in uh, Riyadh and uh i was walking around the market just filming oh i'm in a market and this is what it's like you know and uh walked by uh this nice older gentleman who had a shop there and he said i sit and have coffee with me so i was sitting there then he goes come come to my shop so i guess he was at his friend's shop he goes come to my shop and and it's funny my first thought because I was still new to Saudi was uh, okay like here comes the sales pitch he's going to try to sell me whatever and of course none of that happened we get to his shop he doesn't even talk about his products sits down offers me more coffee and dates and so anyway beside the point but um then we're just sitting there at his shop and um, all of a sudden there's a guy next to me who goes oh where are you from and it's I actually caught it all on video it's my second video ever uh and he, oh, cool. Okay. I, you should come to my house or my farm for, for dinner tonight. And he had his like cute little nine-year-old son there. So I was like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, let's do it. And I went with him. And as we're going and with a couple of his friends, he kind of mentions uh, offhand, you know, I am I am famous here. And I was like, what? And I figured, OK, famous. <laughs> and he pulls up his Instagram. He's got 2.5 million followers. And then I was, oh, wow. OK, you you really are famous. So anyway, we go to his um, like farm, as he calls it, or like majlis, I think mm-hmm. would be uh, another word. Um, we're sitting there, and of course we we have Cubsa uh, and the whole thing, and and tea and coffee and shisha. Uh, yeah. And at one point during the night, he's uh, posts me on his on his uh, Snapchat story. Takes a video of me and his son, or something. He's big right? on Snapchat too, yeah. Yeah, big. I think bigger oh, on wow. Snapchat. I think yeah.
0: uh, I think uh, it's, bi- it's big here. Snapchat is probably bigger than Instagram.
1: Yeah, I think so. Right? It's it insane. Was. There's a shift now, but Snapchat
0: is everything here.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Knowing that now, I had to dust off my my old Snapchat account <laughs> when I came back to Saudi for the second time. But um, so he mentioned you on Snap. So he mentions me on his story, and I think, okay, cool. And all of a sudden, like a moment after he does that, my phone just bzz, 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 and I pull it out, and it's just. Like, the phone couldn't keep up with the notifications of people adding me. But bing, 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 bing. And it basically did that for the next 24 hours. And literally overnight, I had, like, a kind of sizable following of people in Saudi Arabia. Because of this guy. Yeah, and his name is uh, Meri. Some of your audience might know him. Um, Meri Sultan Al-Harti from Riyadh. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he basically put me on the map here uh, and... um, That video ended up being my, still to this day, my most popular video ever um, so far. It's my second video ever. And um, for the rest of the first trip, I was basically just got right into like, being a Snapchat influencer and (laughs) showing my whole trip. And I remember all my friends back home being like, what is going on with Doug? (laughs) (laughs) What did they do to him? Yeah, (laughs) But I really, I have to give a lot of credit to him because he really started me off with the Saudi audience. Amazing. connected me with them yeah Yeah, that's
0: pretty cool yeah
1: i know you said no regrets
0: but honestly any regrets do you carry anything that you wish you would have done differently
1: yes actually i have actually i have a big one which is that i didn't start uh doing this sooner to be honest um because Uh, you know i I did travel a fair amount before I started my YouTube channel. I know I said I didn't start uh, really traveling until my junior year of college. But between then and two years after college, when I started the channel, I went to some pretty amazing places. I mean, I went to like Thailand, China, India twice on two separate occasions, which is basically a a travel vlogger's dream. Um, And uh, Korea, Hong Kong, um, lots of Eastern Europe. Uh, but I didn't vlog any of it, which there's plenty of time luckily. Uh, And it's definitely was part of the process of getting to the point where I started it and felt confident to start it. But man, I have people all the time calling, please come to India. And I'm like, oh, actually I've been there twice already, but I'm definitely coming back to film. But I, man, if I had filmed some of the experiences I had, that would be awesome. So that's the only one. But starting earlier.
0: Yeah. You, as I am, we chatted before we started. Mm -hmm. We are products of COVID. Yeah. I started this in COVID and and you left your day job due to COVID. Yes. Laid off. There's always a silver lining. (laughs) Absolutely. I would say, I'm sorry that you got laid off, but I'm not.
1: No. Because look at the world that opened up for you. Yeah, it was the biggest uh, blessing in disguise, to be honest, because I, yeah, I got laid off in August and then it was basically the kick in the butt that I needed to put things into gear and do this Mm -hmm. um, on a full-time basis. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm really grateful for it. You look like you're
0: really enjoying it. You know, you look like you're not, like it doesn't feel like work.
1: It definitely does sometimes. It's probably not the part (laughs) that I put in the videos. (laughs) (laughs) I love the honesty. Uh, But um, I love it, Doug. I love it.
0: I um, mean, as far as I'm concerned, you you, you, you are enjoying it. I mean, you're never gonna have a job where it's all great. Exactly. I mean, even God knows whatever the next best job in the world is, is gonna have its moments. but I mean, I speak on behalf of, of everyone in Saudi Arabia and those who live in Saudi Arabia, that we thank you for the light that you're showing our country in, the places that you're going to, um, and how much you enjoy doing what you're doing over here and getting the word, the good word, out to the, to whoever' interested in visiting, that this is what Saudi Arabia is like. Uh, unfiltered unscripted on un- everything so for me i i'm super thankful for that
1: well thank you i appreciate it and uh it's it's been uh just the best the greatest pleasure of my life to be able to do it and to be able to get the feedback that i've gotten and the support from you know people like in friends and family but also you know the people that watch my videos mm-hmm. and have supported me and got me to this point. but awesome. And Saudi specifically, the hospitality and the reception here has been unbelievable. So I'm extremely grateful to the Saudi people and a lot of people that I've met along the way.
0: Have you ever eaten goat before you came to Saudi? I don't think so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe in India, maybe
0: and and um, I would imagine you're a few goats in like you've, you've had one too, one too many sitting <laughs> so far
1: it's like all you eat now is what I'm trying to say oh yeah it's a main food group for me now yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Not, nothing quite hits the way that does that thanks man Um, really appreciate you taking the time god I think we've been rolling for a good hour and a half have we? yeah yeah you'd be surprised Fly-bye. time flies when you're with uh, on the Mo Show <laughs> did we miss anything is there something that you want to leave us with put out there um god i've just been picking your brain a lot is there something that you want to share before we say thank you
1: you know um i don't think so i'm trying to think it's been an awesome experience here and uh, yeah i mean Like and subscribe. Like and
0: subscribe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, Doug. Thank you so much for having me on. Taking the time. It's, It's an honor. And it's an absolute honor for me being I'm shocked this is your first podcast. But I hope many more.
1: Well, come. what a way to start out! Seriously, <laughs> yeah. and, it is uh, an honor. You've been a, an amazing host. I was a little bit nervous, but that was an incredible experience. Oh God, I'm really glad you, you
0: enjoyed it. And um, we're gonna keep watching you. We're gonna put all the links for your channels in the description box in YouTube. And uh, again, man, just you're making us proud, and I really appreciate your content. Thank you. Thanks, really brother. appreciate it, Mo. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.